You are listening to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast with Monica Louie, episode number 30. Welcome to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast, where we help online entrepreneurs grow their influence, amplify their impact, and scale their businesses all the way to seven figures. And now, here's your host, Monica Louie. Hey, hey, thank you so much for joining me for episode 30 of the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. I'm Monica Louie, and if you are in the U.S. and listening to this on the day it comes out, happy Thanksgiving. And because today is Thanksgiving, I am sharing an extra special interview with you. Now, last episode, I mentioned that today's guest was a veteran entrepreneur, but I just recorded the interview with today's guest, and I think that you will understand why I thought that this would be a perfect interview to share during the season of giving. Now, don't worry, we've still got the veteran entrepreneur coming up in episode 32, so stay tuned for that, but I can't wait for you to hear his words of wisdom. Now, today's guest has bootstrapped a multi-million dollar jewelry business. In fact, she just celebrated six years in business and her business has already earned over $5 million with $2 million of that just this year. And as she shares in the interview, her business is more than just a jewelry business. It's a business with a very inspiring mission. My guest today is the ever insightful Adriana Kerrig. Adriana Kerrig is a powerhouse entrepreneur who is trying to change the world one word at a time. Inspired by her own experiences growing up and enduring years of girl-on-girl bullying, Kerrig wanted to change what she saw as a negative bonding tool that many girls have the tendency to use, coming together by putting down others. Rather than fight back, Adriana created Little Words Project in 2013 at the age of 23, aspiring to encourage kindness and acceptance rather than competition and jealousy. While friendship bracelets solidify a friendship, Little Words Project bracelets declare meaningful words to the wearer, acting as a physical manifestation of kindness, acceptance, and empowerment on girls' and women's wrists. The talismans are meant to be worn for as long as the wearer needs them and then shared with someone they know or have just met in an effort to continue the chain of positivity. Resonating with tens of thousands of women and girls, Little Word Project has created a true nice girl gang, something Adriana is very proud of and continues to expand on. And throughout her experience as a female business owner, Carrick has further solidified her brand's mission as one that is meant to encourage women to respect and empower one another rather than to compete with one another. And it is her firm belief that there is plenty of success to go around and we can truly succeed if and when we learn to stop competing and start supporting. While Adriana continues to build her feel-good, do-good brand, she is simultaneously pulling back the curtain to allow other young female business owners into the entrepreneurial world. Through her social media platforms, website, and a budding charity initiative, she intends to provide tips and tools to empower women to go after their dreams, regardless of the obstacles they have faced, and to do it all with simple and kind little words. And we talk about all of that and more in today's show. There are so many powerful lessons that Adriana shares in this interview, so I want to dive right into it. But before we dive in, I do want to invite you to check out Adriana's website at littlewordsproject.com. 
Com. And after we stopped recording, Adriana actually shared with me that she's offering 25% off for Black Friday when you use the code THANKS25. So if you're listening to the interview, when this episode goes live, if you're inspired to pick up a bracelet or two or five like me, don't forget to use code THANKS25 to save 25%. Now, I'm not an affiliate or or anything. I just love what Adriana is building, and I think these bracelets make the perfect gift for the women in your life. And as always, you can find all the links and resources that are mentioned in today's episode at monicalouie.com slash 30. That's M-O-N-I-C-A-L-O-U-I-E dot com slash the number 30. All right, let's dive into the interview with Adriana Carrick from littlewordsproject.com. Hey, Adriana, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Gosh, I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, so to start off, can you share what it is that you do? And then I'd love to dive into your background and how you got here. Absolutely. So as you said, my name is Adriana. I am the founder and CEO of a company called Little Words Project. And Little Words Project is a jewelry company, but it's much more than that. It's all about inspiring kindness and positivity amongst females and amongst ourselves. And it's just a really great way to spread positivity. So what we do is we put different inspirational words on each of our pieces. And the idea is to wear your word for as long as you need it and then pass it on one day to someone who needs it more. So really great pay it forward concept, as I mentioned. And I've been doing this for about six years now. We just celebrated our six year anniversary in uh, November 11th, actually. So literally six years in a few days. And it's been, you know, my full-time gig for about four of those six years. And it's crazy (laughs) that we've grown as much as we have, but that's basically what I do. I'm the boss girl of this company here. That's wonderful. Congratulations on six years. That's a huge accomplishment. And I got to say, your pieces are gorgeous. So I definitely invite everybody to check it out and they can go to littlewordsproject.com. Yes. Is that correct? Okay, perfect. Okay. So how you said that this has been your full-time gig for about the last four years. So how did you even get into this? Where did this idea come from? Yeah. So the idea actually, you know, the bracelets, and if you all go check it out before the rest of the conversation, it will actually make more sense. But the bracelets have a really simple look to them. They're really a throwback nostalgic feel from those days when we used to make friendship bracelets all as girls and kids. And I had always made these jewelry. You know, I've always been someone that has loved making little pieces and, you know, wearing my own jewelry, giving them to friends. And then as I got into college, I started making them for my college sorority. The idea was to spread kindness amongst ourselves and to inspire one another as needed. So I would put different words on them and pass them amongst the girls. And it kind of kept the love circulating a little bit. So that's kind of where it actually started. But the desire to wear them myself growing up came from a place of, you know, I had dealt a lot with negativity from other girls. So I was basically bullied like my whole life. And, you know, I wanted something that was going to provide me with my own sense of confidence and strength and hope. And if I could look down at my wrist and see those words, I knew that it would kind of help me through in a way. But the idea to really turn it into a mass produced product for women everywhere, not just myself, not just my sorority sisters, really came after graduating college. As I had grown up and realized that that cruelty continued into my adult years, my college age, and then even a little bit beyond that, 
it occurred to me that this was like a, a female problem, you know, this cruelty, this competition, all this negativity that existed in girl world, as I refer to it, well, needed to be stopped, but also, you know, there needed to be something that existed for the opposite effect, right? To spread positivity and to spread kindness. So when I saw how much it took off in my sorority, I just, I wanted to bring it to the masses. And so that's kind of how the idea came to be. And it was, you know, the simple bootstrapping grassroots story of starting it in my parents' basement. And I literally just started making jewelry and they were super on board and helpful. And within a few years, I had moved into my first office space. The company was self-sustaining since the very beginning. And it was just a really great way to see my idea like actually come to life. And, you know, since that time, we've become exactly that, that symbol of kindness for women everywhere. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. So going back, I mean, did you always know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? No, no, definitely not. I was going to go to law school. (laughs) That was my plan. That was my goal since I was a little kid. And I think that's just because I have a personality that I'm an Aries, first of all. I don't know how much you care about signs, but I'm like a tried and true Aries person, which is just a little headstrong, kind of a trailblazer in her own right, or, you know, wants to be a leader at all times. But I always had like a very intense personality and I was kind of argumentative as a teenager, but I guess who isn't? And my family always said, you should be a lawyer. You know, you're going to be a lawyer. So it's funny how we kind of bucket women who are outspoken into people that should just be certain, you know, career types or types of people as they grow up. But for me, I always wanted to just do what I would be good at, you know, like I never wanted to struggle in my career. And then jokes on me, I've struggled since the day I started this brand. And I probably would have struggled as a lawyer and all that good stuff. But the long story short is that no, I was not planning on being an entrepreneur. I really thought I would go into something a little more, I don't know, a little more analytical. I was an English major in college. Like I just always thought I'd be in that world. But then, you know, this kind of came to me in the middle of the night as most great ideas do. And I just got on the train and I haven't gotten off since. Wow. Okay. So do you mind talking a little bit more about your childhood and growing up? I know you have an interesting story to share there. So I'd love to hear more about that and, you know, about how the bullying came about, you know, how or why do you even know at this point when you reflect back where that started? Yeah. So I honestly don't necessarily know where it started. I just know that I have always been someone that has looked back on her past and felt and seen it kind of mired with negativity and cruelty from other people. I identified for a long time as just someone who gets bullied. You know, I just always expected that I would have difficulty with people, with other girls. And I don't necessarily, you know, think that it's because, you know, it's not like I was like this little sunshine and rainbows kid. You know, I definitely had, like I said, I was an Aries. Like I was outspoken. I had opinions. I thought I was, you know, like I was super talkative and I thought I was really funny. And maybe I was, I don't know. But I know that I always seemed to maybe, I don't know if it was I rubbed people the wrong way or I would try, you know, I I really just, I did well. And I don't know if that was competition that came out. I can't pinpoint it, but I just know there's so many people that go through it, whether or not they can figure out why. And that's part of the reason that it's so difficult to go through because you just don't know what you've done and you feel like it's you. And even just now, like I just took you through my own mental thought process of, 
why did this happen? I don't know. Was I too bossy, too outspoken, too this, too that? All the things that we, you know, teach girls from a young age to not be. And how unfortunate is that? Because if you lose that part of you, can you become someone who starts a business? I don't know, you know? So for me, I look back, I think of it as a part of my life that doesn't define me now. It definitely defined me then, but it has turned me into the woman I am today and the person that is strong enough to not really care what people think. But yeah, I mean, just to kind of give you those details, it really did. It started from a very young age. I always used to say like every other year I had an incident that took place where I was pretty badly bullied or my parents had to get involved or the teachers had to get involved or as it got later in life, police officers involved in certain situations. And then as it got into college, I mean, the school board got involved. I mean, there's just so many things that were significant enough that it was like, either the universe telling me like, I need to do something about this in the future, or I don't know, I just really pissed people off. I really don't know what it was, but it was hard. It was really, really hard. But like I said, it just made me who I am now, which is someone who can kind of get through just about anything that is thrown my way. Yeah. I think that's a great way to look at it though. I think that, you know, as children, when we have hard times, it's hard to understand why and you know what the purpose of that is but i think that what you mentioned is probably accurate that you know had you not had those experiences growing up you mentioned you know building this business has been a challenge you probably maybe wouldn't have had the mental toughness to persevere in growing this business Oh, 100%. And I also, you know, I'm a big advocate of turning your negativity to something positive, right? Turn that mess into a message. Give purpose to what you've gone through so that in the future, you can feel like it wasn't for naught, you know? And I think that's the biggest thing that people go through when they go through difficulties. They just don't understand it, you know? And I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason, which I know not everybody's a huge fan of. But for me, it's like, well, if I don't believe that, then there's no reason that I went through everything I went through, you know, that can't make sense. So I created the reason, you know, I said, you know what, I'm not going to have gone through this negativity for nothing. There's going to be a reason. And that reason is because I was meant to start something that was going to shine light on it, but also help women in every walk of life, you know, not only younger girls, but moms and grandmas and people who are going through things, regardless of how old they are. We want to always create something that gives purpose to your negativity. You know, if you went through something, you need to wear a reminder of what you went through so that you know how to get through it again. And that's kind of what we look at Little Words Project as, you know, just that constant source of confidence and that constant reminder of who you are and what you're capable of. I absolutely love that. And I totally agree with you. I think that that's such a great way to look at, you know, the challenges that you've gone through to turn it around. And that really sounds like it was the source of creating the messages. I mean, you could have made pretty jewelry and I'm sure had a successful business, but really you have a a mission and a purpose behind the Little Words Project. So I appreciate that. Can you share a little bit about the different collections that you have here and what those might signify? Yeah. So, I mean, we do all different types of 
collections every month we try to do a new capsule collection so the idea there is always giving newness and new inspiration and new ideas i mean we've got collections that range from wellness to girl power to our breast cancer awareness collection that we launched in october in collaboration with the nonprofit keep abreast so we're always trying to come up with new ways to continuously inspire our girls without having to put the onus on them to think of their own word which we do offer we do offer customization so you can get your own word your kids' names, you can get an inside joke with your friend, just whatever brings you happiness is something we're really kind of shifting into for 2020, just making sure that that is a piece of home for you, that bracelet. But that's kind of where everything comes back to. It comes back to, are we creating something that's going to give voice to what you're going through, but also help you grow through it and give you the opportunity to become the woman you know yourself to be? And that's really what Little Words Party is all about. So every collection speaks to some version of that. And we have fun with it. You know, we really try to make it something that you can keep coming back for more. You know, you never have too many of these things. And if you do, you start passing them on, and that's what it's all about. I love it. And they always serve as the, as, of that reminder, you know, if you need more confidence or, you know, be bold. So for the listeners, check out the website and see the messages. And then as Adriana said, you can customize and create your own, which I think is fantastic. So when you started this, so, you know, you started it as a, just kind of a project with your sorority, and then you saw that there was a lot of interest in it. How or when did you, you said after college, you decided to really pursue this. And so what was that learning curve like? What were your first steps? Yeah. Oh my gosh. The learning curve never ends. I'm still very much so on it. But yeah. So when I had graduated, I saw that the girls were still, they were making them themselves and they were, you know, and I, it was encouraged. That was like our thing on campus. Once I had graduated and I saw they were still doing it, I thought, okay, there's something here. You know, this could really be something that really affects women everywhere. It doesn't just have to be someone with that, you know, in college or in this sorority specifically. So, you know, I was still interacting with the girls. Instagram had just started. It had just become a thing. And I really wanted them to start putting messages behind their bracelets out to the world. So the idea was they would take a picture of their bracelet. They would do a certain hashtag. And then you can always click the hashtag and see all the places your bracelet had had been or how many ways it had affected you. And they had started instituting that. And that's really, once I had that piece of being able to see where the bracelet goes or being able to track how it's moved from person to person or place to place, that's when I thought this could be a viable business idea. And that literally was like, I woke up in the middle of the night and wrote down that component because it had never been a part of it. It was just word and then pass it along and you know, maybe it'll come back to you. So with this component, which I didn't even really go into detail with you, is that each bracelet has a little tag. And on that tag is a number. That number is used to register the bracelet on our mobile app or website so that when the customer does pass it on, she can track and see where her bracelet goes as it moves from woman to woman, as it inspires woman to woman, as it helps woman to woman. And then on the flip side, when someone receives that bracelet, they can enter in their story and see where it's been. And it really brings positive power to the product. So as that was kind of coming to fruition in my mind, I knew that there would need to be a new platform for this. It couldn't just be something that lived on Instagram, obviously, because it was still so new. Who knew what was going to happen with it? So we needed to create that app, create that online community, which is essentially a safe place for women to interact with other nice girls. We call ourselves the nice girl gang. So it's a good place for all of our nice girl gang to connect. But it's also a great place to, like I said, see how your single act of kindness can help people further down the line. And that's really 
how it all kind of began. So that's exactly it. You know, it was really just how do I make this something marketable and what are those next steps? You know, so for me, it was creating the Instagram account, creating the website, creating a place that, you know, this platform where this could live as opposed to just being on a a platform that I don't own, i.e. Instagram. And yeah, just kind of Googling. Google was my like best friend and still is to this day. Even when any member of my team asks me a question, I'm literally like, you know what? I don't have the answer, but honestly, Google it. Like it will be there for you. YouTube was a really big help for me as just as far as even how to use Photoshop, how to anything that I needed to do, I would just ask, um, whether it was the internet or someone I knew. And that's a big, a big piece of advice that I would give anyone wanting to start a business is, is okay, great. Ask people who have done it, ask people who know, ask the internet and get to a place where you feel like you're advancing the plot. Well, I love how you mentioned that people can track where their bracelets have been or where they have gone. And I think that creates such a sense of connection that there's that element of the story with the bracelet. So essentially each bracelet has its own story and journey in various chapters, but then you can be connected to these other women anywhere in the world, really. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's definitely the part that makes us the unique brand that we are. Um, and has kept people coming back for more for sure. And there are people who refuse to pass their bracelet on. I mean, don't get me wrong. I have plenty of customers that are like, why in the world would I give this away when one, I love it so much, two, I paid for it, three, it's mine. And, you know, we, we all have that part of us too. But I always say, you know, one, of course, you don't have to pass it on unless you're ready. That's the point. What you only pass it on when someone else needs it more than you do. You might still need it the most, you know, and that's okay. But I will say that the best experience is in that trade-off. And it's the best experience because it's such a cool moment and feeling for the person who is giving. Because you don't realize how impactful giving something of yourself, being selfless, really is for the giver rather than just the receiver. And it just, it's this crazy feeling. I mean, I I know I'm biased, obviously, but everyone we speak to, we did this poll recently that it was like, of the people who passed their bracelet on, 100% of them said they would do it again. 100%, not 98, not 97, 100. And it's because the feeling is unparalleled. You know, you just don't get to experience that moment of excitement all the time where you know, this is the person who deserves it. I know this is going to light them up. I can't wait to have a part in their story. So yeah, it's, it's been a beautiful component of the brand for sure. So do you have any stories that you can share of like a specific you know, situation where somebody passed it on? Just anything that was kind of surprising to you or memorable for you and your team members? You know what? We've had so many stories. We some like sometimes a story will be sent around via email that came in through the registration and we're all like in tears because it's just so sweet. So we've had so many, but my favorites, I mean, we had one group of teachers at a local school. Actually, it wasn't local. It was, I believe, I forget what state it was. I want to say it was Michigan, but it was one group of teachers who bought 
a couple of bracelets and they would share them amongst themselves and they would pass them on as they went through difficulties or as they felt like they had needed the extra strength. And, you know, teachers, obviously they go through a lot. They need that extra little bit of encouragement on their wrists. Um, so they would, they would pass it on and they registered every time and they would write a message to the next teacher. And it was just a really sweet way to see that come through. Um, but then, you know, my favorite stories are the ones, especially now my husband and I are actually going through a season, a new season where we're trying to have a child, we're trying to get pregnant. Um, and it's not the easiest process as I've come to find. We've been, we've been trying to conceive for about a year now and it's scary, you know, because of course, when you're a woman, you just want it to happen. You don't want to have to believe it won't. Um, and you shouldn't. (laughs) So that's a struggle, but you know, it's also, a huge, huge growth opportunity for us as women to go through that and understand you can't control everything and you have to be open to what the universe or God or whatever you believe in has in store for you. And so that's kind of the season I'm in. So I always say that whenever I'm in a new season or a new period of life, the brand reflects it. And I feel like we've been getting so many stories of women who have worn their bracelets through their fertility struggles, through their treatments, through all the way through getting pregnant and they wear them in their pregnancy announcement photo shoots and you can see them and then they wear them through their birth and their experience of actually having their child. And they send me those stories and they'll sometimes send in pictures directly to our Instagram and we're always reading and responding to that, to those. And it just gets me because I'm like, wow, I'm excited for that. You know, I'm excited for that point in life. And I love seeing that it's working. And then those women pass them on to their friends who struggle. And those women then wear it through their childbirth. And I'm just like, oh, it's such a beautiful thing that I get so choked up every time, of course. But it's just so beautiful to see how kind of, you know, we really are an example of how life imitates art and vice versa. You know, we really do feel like people are, you know, they come to us in every season. And it's just incredible to see. Wow. I love that so much. And I'm just thinking of all these different situations. I mean, what a what a unique gift that's always going to be memorable. And then to have that you know, legacy as well, where it can be passed on and shared and really promote the giving aspect of it. So I really love everything that you put into this. So going back to like the tactical and the growth, I'm really curious because you've grown so quickly over the past six years now. And you said four years, you've been full-time. So in those first two years, I'm assuming you also had a day job. Is that correct? Yeah, I had a day job that was kind of more part-time. So the first year I had a day job, the whole first year, and I was going into the city. I live in I lived at my parents' house at the time. I was 22 when I started it. Or 23 rather. Yeah, 23. And I lived at my parents' house at the time, which is in Livingston, New Jersey, which is about 40 minutes of a commute into the city. So I would commute every morning into the city. I'd work out of, um, I work obviously out of the city and then I would commute home and get home around seven and I would start making bracelets from seven to honestly about 1am. I've always been a night owl. Um, and luckily so was my dad who was my entire shipping department back then. And I would make the bracelets and then he would ship them out for me the next day. So we had a really great system going, but I did that for about a year and it was really, I mean, it obviously got really hard. Luckily I had the support of my then boyfriend 
now husband who we didn't live together, but he was super helpful. He would come over and help me make bracelets. Obviously my whole family was on board. And then once I moved out of my parents' house, my husband, my again, then boyfriend and I moved into a studio apartment in Jersey city. So I was closer to my job, but I was also still able to make bracelets and hire someone to help me get them out the door. And it was a really great way to kind of, um, you know, work, I would work from home from my other, for my other job and then also do this. So I was kind of doing both at once for that second year, or I would go in only one day a week. And then eventually I was able to transition completely to full-time. But I will say that the brand was um, profitable in the first month. I only put about $5,000 into it. And within, luckily we launched right before Christmas. So word to the wise, if you're launching something, definitely do it before the holiday season because it's the best time for gifts or anything someone's going to want to come and buy. Um, And that really helped. I mean, we were able to be profitable in that first month and we have grown every year since then. There has not been a year that we are, we were less than the year prior. If anything, it's closer to doubling than anything else. Um, But yeah, it was a, it was a journey in the beginning. I must say going into the city and coming back and working all night long didn't provide for much of a social life, um, but it was worth it in the end. I'm, I'm just imagining your, your setup and your, um, your systems and everything. And so how did you initially, when you launched, how did you launch it? What did that marketing and promotion piece look like? Yeah. So as I mentioned, I had started a version of it in my college sorority. And before bringing it kind of full-fledged, I really wanted to have their support on it because it became a symbol of sisterhood for Delta Zeta at the College of New Jersey, which shout out to them. It became a real symbol of sisterhood. And I didn't want them to feel like I was taking something that had become theirs, even though I had created it. And so I, I asked them about it and they all were so supportive. They were like, Adriana, this is your thing. You started this go out there, make it big, you know, obviously don't forget us in the future and all that cute stuff. And so when I created the website and I I wanted to do a a direct to consumer website, I kind of went the, um, the Etsy route and, you know, anything that was more of a online curation of other goods, because I really wanted it to have its story associated with it. And I think that really has been what set us apart from other brands um, or other quote makers like me who were just doing it in their house. It gave it a story and a community, which is the thing that has differentiated us ever since that day. So, you know, I always tell people to kind of go all in at the beginning and, you know, fake it till you make it was my motto. You know, I was using the term we before I even had a team, you know, but it was, it was both transparent, but also helping people kind of see it as a real business from the very jump. Um, And then that first week of launch, I leveraged that relationship with my sorority. I had about 60 women that were willing to share the link and they put it on Facebook and social media has been a huge component of growth for us. Um, I really do credit Instagram and Facebook to kind of launching my business for me. And still it's like our number one, most interactive, engaged audience is on those platforms. And we see the most traffic being driven from those platforms. So definitely worth leveraging everything that's available to you as you're starting your own business because it exists and it's, it's possible. So yeah, it was really, there was no real plan. It was just, Hey guys, I've launched it. Can you help me spread the word? And because I had formed true connections, true bonds and true sisterhood through kindness with them, it had been an easy thing to do. It was an organic growth. And it's all about, it's all about how you put your foot forward with people around you, you know, cause you never know how that's going to come back to you in the future. 
That's wonderful. And so definitely the the lesson here is leverage, you know, leverage what you have already, leverage those connections as well. And just, it doesn't hurt to ask people to help you out and to share what you're doing. So don't be shy. Yeah, 100%. I will say that I always, I always joke that I got the business on sale because I had leveraged a friendship that I had made with another girl from school who was creating a website business. And so she created my website. I had leveraged a relationship with a, a sorority sister of mine whose boyfriend at the time, also now husband, was my photographer and videographer. He created my first video campaign. I had, I mean, I literally, you name it. My cousin helped me with my Google ads. My other friend helped me with our Instagram. All of my girls, all of my friends were my first models. And I would pay them in literally in love and bracelets. And everyone just was willing to help come together for this concept and for what we were creating. And to this day, I look back and I'm like, how the heck did we pull that off? But it, it was that, it was leveraging. It was understanding your network, recognizing the importance of that network and being kind and putting yourself out there because you never know. Like You really just don't know how that will help you in the future. So what kind of tips do you have for somebody who's like, oh, well, I just really don't want to ask for help or, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know if this is really going to work. So I don't really want to like bring other people involved. What if somebody is, you know, is, is feeling like that? Okay. Well, something like that, that I do think is internal. I do think, you know, when it comes to me and what I've gone through and how I've continued to perceive myself despite it all, which is that I can... I can accomplish just about anything I set my mind to. Like that's literally the thought that goes on in my head. Now, that is, I'm very expanded, as I like to say, in the area of money and business development and all that. But I have my own blocks in the area of motherhood and having my own children. And I'm, I think that has something to do with why it's taking me the length of time it's taking me. So we all have blocks about how we perceive ourselves or what we think we can accomplish. And the only way to accomplish anything genuinely is to believe that you can. So my best piece of advice is to one, admit to yourself that you do feel like you have an energetic block there. That if you are one of those people that says, but you know, I'm afraid to ask, or I don't think it's going to work, or I think it's going to fail, then you know 100% you are someone who needs to work on that blockage because you will correct. If you think you will fail, you will fail. And I know that sounds super harsh and super like, whoa, that's extreme, but it's so true. You know, if you think you won't fail and you believe that you will succeed, then you will look for the clues around you to make that true. You know what I'm saying? Like you will somehow the universe will come together for you and you will end up achieving those dreams because you will believe that that's just what's going to happen, you know? And I feel like I'm a true, true testament to that because it's the one place that I've just always believed. It does help to have family members and friends that believe in you. Don't get me wrong. That really helps build that self-esteem, but it does start with you. And if you are able to kind of look at yourself and say, okay, I know where I am blocked. I know that for whatever reason, I don't think I can do it and start doing the work to do that unblocking and to get to a place where you can believe in yourself. And that work would include literally daily affirmations, you know, looking at yourself in the mirror and convincing yourself that it's possible. It includes meditation, which I know most people hear that word and they're like, what? No, I can't do it. I can't sit still. But it's really just like, just sit and breathe. That's all it is. Sit, breathe, and let your thoughts come to you, but just quiet your mind. And then repeat that mantra. I can and I will start this business. I can and I will 
achieve my dreams. And the more you tell yourself that, the more the energy around you starts to shift. And I know it sounds super like metaphysical, but it's the only thing I know to be true um, without a shadow of a doubt. So I'd start there. Unblock yourself. A great reference, a great point of reference for this is Lacey Phillips, who does an entire manifestation guide work and platform. It's called on Instagram to be magnetic. So I don't know if you want to link that, but I definitely would if I were you. I definitely will. Yeah. Because it was one of the things that through this past year, I've really been able to... It's funny because when I was growing up and starting this business, I definitely went, as you know, I went through that struggle and it did affect how I viewed myself. I wasn't always this expanded in the business side of things. It wasn't until I started doing it and I started seeing the good reactions too, that I was able to really kind of further support this notion of I can and I will. But my mom was hugely expansive for me. She showed me that anything is possible. She was a Mexican immigrant, came here, and the difference between her life growing up and her life now is awe-inspiring. And it is what allowed me to see that anything is possible. So finding people in the world that are doing it or that did it first is a really great way to expand yourself and to believe that you're going to achieve things. Um, But it was in this past year that I started to put like words to what I always knew, which is that I can and I will, you know, querer es poder, as my mom likes to say in Spanish. And it's through Lacey Phillips, who gave me kind of all the words for what I had been feeling, if that makes sense. So I would definitely check her out because she's really helpful in expanding your universe and what you believe to be possible. And then once you do that, you just got to start. It's really a matter of literally just doing it (laughs) and the rest falls into place. Thank you. Super long-winded, as I told you. (laughs) I warned you in the beginning. I'm very verbose sometimes. <laughs> no, that was so powerful though. Because I think, you know, at least as I was hearing, you know, you share your story. It's like, I don't think I would have put myself out there like that. I don't think I would have asked for help. And so what you just took us through is so powerful. And I know it's going to help so many people. And to really, you know, if you have thoughts like that, if you catch yourself thinking things like that, then you know you have some work to do. And it's all about your mindset and what you focus on. And I totally agree with you that if you have this belief inside of you that says, uh, this might not work, I don't know if this is going to go well, then you're not going to be as committed and focused in making things happen as you would be if you have the opposite belief of like, no, this is happening. I'm making this happen. I know I can do it. I know this is just a matter of time. And then you're going to be much more driven and focused to actually take those bold actions and steps to put yourself out there, to put your product out there and get it in front of people and then have the opportunity for a successful business that's profitable after the first month. So congratulations on all of that. Thank you. It's really true. It's just the more you believe it, the more likely it will happen, even when it feels like believing is insane. Like I literally believe without a shadow of a doubt that I'm going to sell this business in the next, I'm going to say three to five years for many millions of dollars. (laughs) And I'm saying that out loud. I'm holding myself accountable. I'm saying it to you because I'm going to prove it to be true. And that is a crazy thing to say, but at the same time, I believe it and I'm going to put it out there. And once it's out there, it's out there. And now I'm working towards it. And that's really all starting a business, uh, starting writing a book, uh, going to college. All of that is just believing that at the end of the day, you're going to achieve what you set your mind to. It's crazy. Absolutely. No, thank you for sharing that. So back to you're in this growth stage and you're at the point where you're getting ready to go full-time into this. 
what changed during that time? So as things started to take off, how did you grow your team? What did that evolution look like? Oh boy, that has been the hardest part of growing and building a business is growing the team. It's finding the people that are going to make your dream their own because in the beginning, you're not going to be able to pay them what they would like to be paid. So you really do have to make sure that you're creating a culture that people want to be a part of. So for me, it was... You know, it was a struggle. I started by just hiring anybody who would be willing to work for me. And that was not the best move because it ends up resulting in people that, you know, will ultimately take advantage or will ultimately disappoint you in some way because, you know, at the end of the day, most people are in it to win it for themselves. And that's normal and that's totally okay. But it's about discerning that and knowing that the people you're bringing on board are the right fit for you energetically and also for the business. So, you know, in the beginning, like I said, I was kind of just like in a state of desperation, like anybody who wanted to work for me, I was like, yeah, come work for me. If you're willing to get paid like nothing, then we're good. (laughs) But, you know, you want to really try to be intentional about that from the very start. That's something if I could go back in time, I would like really write up full job descriptions, really put out full job postings. Facebook and Instagram are really, in my opinion, they're great places to do it because you never know who is looking or who knows someone who knows someone who is looking. So that's where we have built most of our team. And then once you've got good people on your team, that's when you start trying to get their references. Like who do they know that can kind of come on board and help you as well and then start building from there. So that's been my process with it. We started growing a team. Like I said, I had two people in my first apartment and then we moved from that apartment to a two bedroom apartment and one bedroom was for the business. So I had three of us working out of there. Everything at that time was made in-house by us. Like me and these two other girls were beating bracelets all day long. So once we started getting into the wholesale trade show world where we would start selling the brand to other boutiques, right? Where they would sell it at their cash register or on their jewelry table or what have you, that's when it really started to grow out from under me. I couldn't keep up with the demand. I couldn't make as many bracelets as was needed. I like couldn't sit on my couch and watch any more TV while making bracelets. It was just not possible to fulfill. So at that time, we needed to start thinking, okay, where can we outsource and what can we outsource? And also what do we need to bring in-house and have in-house? So that's around the time that we started having everything made out in a, a separate factory. And then I started hiring a front-facing team that could help with sales and marketing and all that good stuff. So it really was just as it grew out from under me and under my current structure, we would grow with it. You know, We never grew beyond a point that we could not handle the next phase because we always just, once it got to be too much, that's when we would bring on other people. You know, So it was very organic in that way and really kind of it was self-sustaining. And that's something that not every business, one can do, but two will be willing to do because it's really hard. You know, It's almost easier to say, okay, where can I get this investment? Not to say that's easy because that's also really hard and intimidating and largely why I haven't tried. But it feels like once you have all this money, now you, you can build your team, but to bootstrap and to only pay for what you can afford has also been a really huge struggle for us, for sure. So was that intentional that you just never wanted to pursue investors? You wanted to maintain full control? Yeah, I think it was partially intentional and partially, like I said, just out of sheer intimidation. And so this is where like, I was definitely blocked there energetically. I did not think that I would achieve... I didn't think that I could stand in front of a boardroom of however many men, women, whatever it was with 
millions of dollars between them and say, hey, can you fund my little bracelet brand? And so for a while, I really had that that imposter syndrome. I still sometimes do, you know, I'm being honest. But for a while, I really didn't think it would be possible. So I just never thought it was an option. You know, now looking back, I probably would have done it a little earlier when I could have really not felt like giving up a piece would be like soul crushing. Whereas now I'm like, I don't think I could give up a piece of the company unless we were talking like serious bucks, you know, because we've come so far without it that when I'm like, okay, I kind of think that you know, we're just going to keep chugging along and see what comes to us naturally without having to seek it out. But yeah, it was partially intentional in that I didn't really want to give away anything, but also partially out of fear, which, you know, I'm happy to admit because now, you know, as I said, everything happens for a reason. And I think we're where we are today because we didn't go that route. But I also think it has come with certain costs as well, including my stress level. So what what would be your, you mentioned social media and how important and powerful Instagram and Facebook have been for the growth of your brand. What are some tips that you have for somebody who's wanting to grow their presence on Instagram, for example? Well, you know, I think that it's really a matter if you're a business and you're wanting to grow your business presence, it's a matter of connecting with people genuinely. You know, so for me, when it comes to the business, we're like super to the point where I'm like, you need to answer to one of my girls who does my social, you need to answer every comment. You need to answer every DM. We got to make them feel like they are talking to friends because that's what we are. You know, we want to be an extension of their friend group as, you know, the nice girls, the nice girl gang that we, we claim ourselves to be. We need to own that and really practice what we preach. So I think it really just comes down to being authentic and really true to what you say you are and just being that every time you show up in the public eye. So that's through posting every time you post, what are your captions? Every time you do a story, what are you showing people? Are you showing them the very perfect made up version of you? Or are you showing people the real, the difficulty, the fun, but also the not so fun? That's the kind of stuff people really want to see. I think especially nowadays, you know, we're like all past the point of the cute, curated, you know, everything is perfect feeds. And we want to start seeing people's real lives and their, their raw feelings. So I think it's about authenticity and, and consistency, you know, showing up as often as you possibly can, doing it whether or not you're getting a lot of likes, doing it whether or not you have a lot of followers and just continuing to show up. I sometimes look back on the way I posted so much and the things I would say back when I only had like hundreds of like 200, 300 followers on Little Words Project. And I think to myself now... I'm like, wow, like I really had some guts, you know, to do that because it's scary. You know, I also think maybe it's because Instagram was smaller at the time and I wasn't as intimidated by like how many other people were out there doing the same thing. So I definitely feel for people who are trying to start businesses these days. I know it feels super oversaturated, if you will, but you got to build it like none of that exists. You know, just keep going is definitely my first piece. And if it's for a person, if you're trying to build a personal brand, which I too, you know, always want to, I want to try and build myself and I do focus on that as often as I can. It's the same stuff. It's being authentic and showing people the real you and not being afraid about what people think. Because ultimately that's the thing that stops us from almost everything, right? Is our ego and how will we be hurt? If someone makes fun of us or if someone does, if we don't get enough likes or if, and that's just, that's all got to be thrown out the window because you will not survive. You know, like how do you do anything in life if you're too concerned about how it's going to be perceived? So I'd say really doing the work there and trying to make sure that every time 
every time something comes into your mind that is negative or makes you feel like you can't do it, whether it's what people say about you or what you think people are saying about you, you know, it's okay to have the thought, acknowledge the feeling, but then you have to let it go and you have to flip the switch and change the story. Because if you don't, you will be crippled by that fear for a long time, but it's all in your hands, you know, and that's really what it comes down to. That's great advice. Thank you for sharing all of that. So you mentioned your wellness journey that you've been on. Can you share a little bit more about that and what that kind of looks like? How are you working in wellness and being focused and intentional there into your day-to-day? Absolutely. Yeah. So obviously I mentioned the journey that my husband and I are on with fertility and that is what really started my real focus on wellness and how we treat our bodies and our minds and how that affects everything. You know, so for me, I was always that girl that like, and I'm not going to lie, I'm still kind of that girl that doesn't want to wake up early in the morning. I'm definitely a night owl and I do not like working out at all. I don't want to go to the gym. I actually haven't been inside of a gym in, I want to say over a year, (laughs) but I do recognize the importance of all that goes into wellness. It's how you're feeding yourself. It's how you're talking to yourself. It's what you believe about yourself. And so through this journey, I've shown up a lot more for myself. You know, I've, I've been doing more yoga, which I love. I've been forcing myself to go to bed earlier and really get a full night's rest. I've been doing the research and studying about the proper foods that you should be putting in your body. You know what? We switched over to it being purely organic because I listened to one too many scary podcasts about all of the genetically modified foods and how that affects our bodies. And I just really started by being curious and looking for resources that could teach me new things. And it's been so much fun. It honestly has been the thing that has kept me going through this difficult season of life. It's just the knowledge that I'm taking some control back by making sure I'm putting my best foot forward, whether it's through acupuncture or herbal remedies or taking more baths and just like focusing on me. Because as a business owner and as a woman in general, we're all running around, right? Sometimes feeling like chickens with our heads cut off. And we need to take that intentional time for ourselves, whether it's through your night makeup removal routine, which I personally refuse to go to sleep without washing my face and doing my routine. Or it's through, you know, going to the gym every morning and like showing up for yourself in that way. It's really just about how you show up for you and focusing on you first. Because only then, to bring it back to the Little Words Project, only when you're kind to yourself are you then able to be kind to others. And that's what we really, in 2019, we shifted over to that concept. Because if you're not kind to yourself, like I said, it's where it all starts, you know? I love that. Gosh, that's so wonderful. And you have a wellness collection too to remind people of that. Absolutely. Yeah. We're always saying, you know, self love is huge. It's probably the biggest thing ever. There's no secret that I personally love myself. And a lot of people might consider that to be vain or, you know, a little bit self absorbed or whatever it is. I mean, I don't consider myself to be those negative connotations of loving myself. I just consider myself someone who believes in what I can do, in how far I've come and in how much I deserve in life. And I think if we all did that a little more and put less emphasis on what others think or how others feel about how you show up for yourself, then we'd all be a little bit happier, genuinely. Absolutely. So 
I know you mentioned the breast cancer, which foundation was that that you're working with? Yeah, we had worked with the Keep a Breast Foundation, where they're the actually the company. I don't know if you remember these bracelets, but I do. The nonprofit, rather, who created the I Heart Boobies rubber bracelets back in the day. Do you remember those? A little bit. We were like sold at Zoomies and like all those fun stores. I just remember all the like the boys in my high school wearing these silly bracelets. But they did go back to breast cancer awareness, and it was the nonprofit Keep a Breast. So when we wanted to make an I Heart Boobies bracelet, we reached out to them, and we essentially made the new version of that. And you know the collaboration went super well, and we've been working with them for some time. But we also do, as part of our gift back, we work with the nonprofit called The Block, which is actually also founded by me and my team. And it's all about inspiring kindness amongst collegiate women and giving them the tools that they need to practice principles of self-love and kindness and leadership and preparing them essentially for the future and the real world. So that's a portion from all sales of Little Words Project is donated to the block quarterly and it enables us to really practice what we preach, you know, really make an actual difference outside of just creating pretty positive jewelry. That's wonderful. I just wanted to highlight that because I think it's so important. And I think that sometimes businesses can be shy to share that they give back, but I think it's such a great thing when businesses do that. And so I just wanted to call that out here. So thank you. Of course. Thank you. So if somebody is, their business is taking off, they're kind of experiencing those growing pains that you went through where you know things are taking off and, and they're feeling just a little bit overwhelmed. What would you say to them? Honestly, I would say just keep going, keep driving, keep trusting that it's going to make sense sooner than later. I view life as a series of peaks and valleys. I really think that we're constantly going up and down and up and down and it's okay. I think once you accept that it's okay to be in the valley of life because you know that a peak is around the corner, it starts to really make it a lot easier to do all the difficult stuff, you know? So it's really just keep going. I know it sounds super basic, but it really is the thing that has kept me going, you know, just the knowledge and belief that ultimately the outcome that I desire will come true. Actually, I was listening to a a podcast, How I Built This. How I Built This is actually on NPR, one of my favorite podcasts as a business owner, because you can kind of hear everyone else's struggle. And it's usually people that have already made it. You know, they really came to the end of the earth and they have accomplished all they set their minds to. And so it's really, it acts as an expander for me because I feel like, okay, this person did it. I can do it. And that's a really great way to keep yourself motivated. But yeah, so that podcast I listened to, uh, I believe his name is James, James Dyson, the founder of Dyson, the vacuums and all the air dryers and all that stuff. He said that when he was creating the vacuum and he was inventing his new vacuum, he knew that there was a point in time where all of his peers who were also trying to create the new vacuum were going to stop. And it was at that point in time when he reached that moment that everyone around him gave up, that he knew it was time to keep going. And I think that's what separates the people who continue and who achieve from the people who give up. And it really is just, they decided that they were not going to give up and they kept on going. And because of that, they were the only ones left at the finish line. And I think that that's the kind of stuff we all need to really, we need to believe in. We just need to, you know, keep going and know that if there's other people out there that are trying to accomplish the same goals as you, one, there's plenty of room for all of us to succeed, but two, nine times out of 10, those around you will start to give up. So you just have to be the one that doesn't. 
It's wonderful. Love it. Thank you so much, Adriana. Appreciate it. Where can people reach out to learn more about Little Words Project and you? Where should they go? Of course. So you can check us out at Little Words Project on Instagram, on Facebook as well. You can find us on our website, littlewordsproject.com. And then you can check me out at Adriana Carrig. And I am, like I said, always willing and, and hopeful that I'd be helping young women who are looking to accomplish their own dreams and who feel stuck. I'm more than happy to chat with you. And you can always DM me or the business and we literally answer every single time. So happy to continue the conversation as interest arises. So thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. I I just re-inspired myself. So I'm excited to continue this day. (laughs) That's wonderful. Thank you so much. Really appreciate all that you shared today and all your words of advice and wisdom and sharing your journey. Really appreciate it. Thanks, girl. You too. Wow. Well, do you see why I couldn't wait to share this interview with you? There are so many lessons that Adriana shared with us. And here are some of my favorites. I love that she shared about incorporating a story and a mission into your brand. So how can you do that more so that people will want to share what you're doing in this world? Also, don't be afraid to leverage your network. Don't be afraid to ask for help. I know that this is one area that I need to work on and I like to think that I can do things on my own, but I know I need to be better about putting myself out there and asking for help. My third favorite is to create a community around your brand. Adriana has done this beautifully on Instagram and Facebook. And there are so many ways that you can do this too. You can create a Facebook group, or it can be as simple as creating a hashtag that's relevant to your brand that people will want to share. And also work on your mindset. Don't hold yourself back by giving into imposter syndrome. We all experience it, but as Adriana suggests, adopt some mantras or affirmations to repeat to yourself. Meditate or journal. And if you experience feelings of self-doubt, which we all do, create a practice that you can turn to whenever those doubts come up. And I'd love to hear your major takeaways. So what one thing are you going to take action on? Let us know what your takeaways are in the comments at monicalouie.com slash 30 or tag Adriana and me on Instagram. I am at Flourish with Monica and she's at Adriana Kerrig. And huge thanks to Adriana for coming on the podcast and sharing her story and wisdom with us. You will find all the links and resources that we mentioned in this episode at monicalouie.com slash 30. And thank you so much for joining Adriana and me today. Don't forget about the 25% off code that she's offering for Black Friday. Go to littlewordsproject.com and enter code THANKS25 to save 25%. Now is the perfect time to pick up a couple bracelets for you and your BFFs. And if you're here because you're ready to scale your business with Facebook ads, then I invite you to check out my free Facebook ad starter kit. And you can find that at monicalouie.com slash guide. The starter kit takes you through the six steps to creating campaigns that convert. Plus there's an awesome checklist so you can make sure you've got everything you need before you jump into the ads manager. And if you're like me, then you love a good checklist. And if you're interested in learning more about how my team and I might be able to help you with your Facebook, Instagram, or Pinterest ads, go to monicalouie.com slash WWM. We have information there about our services. And as I mentioned, I'll have all the links and resources that we mentioned in today's episode in the show notes, which you can find at monicalouie.com slash 30. And if you found this helpful, please leave a rating and review so that more people can find this podcast. And if you have a business bestie who might be inspired by Adriana's story, please share this episode with her or with him. 
And please subscribe so that you can be notified when the next episode comes out. Brand new episodes come out every single Thursday. And next week, I've got another great episode heading your way. So subscribe so you don't miss it. Please join me next week on the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. Take care and bye for now. Bye.